for servant Chris and pray, that, pray for your blessing upon her and um, may your Holy Spirit um, burn within her heart as she um, is, your, is your voice to us now, Lord. Mm. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. This one's turned off. Otherwise, it'll make funny screaming noises. All right. Man, I'm excited. I'm just busting. It's awesome to be able to gather in the name of the Lord, to be able to be free in our land to worship together. I mean, come on. You know, stuff is happening throughout the world in all sorts of directions and all sorts of ways. But we are still allowed to gather and worship. And, and that's something to be thankful for, to be grateful for every single day. I'm going to try and turn this so that it doesn't make funny noises when my, when my voice blows a P or a B or a something. Nehemiah chapter 8. Colleen, great respect, my friend, reading that out and all of those names. I didn't tell you before the service, um, although my suggestion was that I stand and pronounce the names. You did brilliant. Best one I've heard in the last three Sundays of, of preaching from this passage. Um, but I did listen to a man who did that same reading, and he read it like this. And eight man, men stood on Ezra's left, and eight men stood on Ezra's right. So respect to you for doing that. Um, best pronounced I've heard in the last three weeks. And I've never read it out loud because I can't pronounce those words. I noticed as we were sitting there and as, as Colleen was reading, just a little side issue, the people lived in temporary shelters. I have not seen this. I mean, I've read it, I've seen it, I've, you know. But I thought, wow, me and my friends live in temporary shelters in a car park in the middle of town. And I just thought, thanks, Lord. We're, we're, you know, we're having a festival. We're partying down there. We're, we're seeing... God do some amazing things as we gather and as we live in our, in our temporary shelters. And I, that's my new favorite verse, I think. Nehemiah, chapter 8. I want to ask you this morning, where is your Bible? At home, at home. Hey, some people, oh, look, Noella's got hers. Some people... You know, you've got your Bible with you on your phone, and um, I still am having forgiveness issues in lawn for calling me out one Sunday morning during worship because I was on my phone. Uh, I was reading the Bible, but he still wanted to make a big thing of it from up front, so I'm just confessing that I'm still having forgiveness issues with him. Um, not really. Where is your Bible? Where did you last see it? No, no, it's all right. Good on you, Charlotte. There's one in front of you on the pew there. But your Bible, when did you last pick it up? When did you last hold it in your hands? When did you last read from your Bible? Yesterday, this morning, someone else said, okay, we're taking bids on this morning. There was a bid on this morning. Somebody has said this morning, is there somebody that's able to advance on this morning? Oh, yes, Mrs. Crawford, you just, she's got hers in her hands right there right now. So there's another one back there. We're getting good, um, you know. When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time you spent time in the Word of God? Yeah, I heard that. Thank you. Did you see, and I, I was so thrilled that Colleen read it twice, did you see that the people of Israel 
went to Israel and said, get the word of the law, get the word of the Lord, the word of the law, and read to us. They, they were crying out to hear the scriptures. Now, the scriptures had just been refound. They had been missing. They'd gone, you know, in all of the, the chaos and the things with the, the city being destroyed, etc. The, the scriptures had not long been refound. The book of the law, as it was to them at that time, had only just been refound. And they went and they said, read to us. Now, up until now in the book of Nehemiah, I don't know where we're up to here at Hope Central, but I, I believe we're doing it in, in sequential order. So up until now, it's all been about Nehemiah and Nehemiah rebuilding the wall and Nehemiah, you know, all the leadership of Nehemiah. And this is a beautiful illustration of leadership. Right here in chapter 8, we see Nehemiah step back into one side and his brother and his friend and his, and his counterpart, Ezra, steps forward. You see, Ezra, uh, Nehemiah had a, had a role and a calling and a, a gifting in his life, and he was doing it in the rebuilding of the wall, in the rebuilding and the, being the governor of the city. Now it was time for Ezra to step forward. Ezra was the scribe. Ezra was the... His, his love for the word was phenomenal. And it was his turn to step forward and now begin the rebuilding in the hearts of the people. When was the last time, and I don't need you to answer this, I just want you to think about it. When was the last time that we as a church, that you as a person in your own home, cried out to God for renewal, for revival in our land? We sing that song, heal our nation. Pour out your spirit on our land. Brothers and sisters, if you are not spending time in the word of God, we will not see revival. We will not see renewal. We will not see healing in our land. Because that is one of the centerpieces of seeing God work. And God, yes, we need prayer. Yes, we need worship. But if we as the people of God are not spending time in his word, then we are dishonoring him. We are not showing him the respect and the reverence and the the. We're not spending time with our God. If we truly believe that, that our God, the creator of the universe, is who he says he is, we will spend time in the word of God. We will want to know what he says. We will want to know what his writings say, his word, his love letter to us. If we're not reading that, if we're not spending time in that, we will not see revival. We will not see renewal. Now, I'm speaking from a position of someone who really struggles to read the Word on a daily basis. I'm not speaking to you as somebody who's got it all together. It's hard for me. I love being in the Word. I love spending time in the Word. I, I, it just, it, it, it's my heartbeat. It gets my pulse going. But you know what? I can spend time in the Word and study it when I'm preparing to speak. But if I'm needing to spend time in the Word just for me, just to fill my spirit, just to spend that time with God, it's a battlefield. I struggle. You know, a little sparrow will come and land on the wing mirror of my van, and I'm going, hello, how are you? And I'm having a conversation with the sparrow, and I've forgotten that I'm reading my Word. You know, distractions just come just like that. And I get, it's hard. But a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, guess what? We have an amazing, mighty God, and we are to honor and respect and, and 
Give him what is due to him. But brothers and sisters, don't forget we have an enemy. And he is going to do everything he can to stop you spending time and giving attention to the King of Kings. He's going to do everything he can. So he will send distractions. Now the sparrow, I'm sure a sparrow is not a distraction from the enemy. I love sparrows. They speak to me so much from the word of God. But you know, many distractions will come. My mind will wander off. I'll, I'll get a headache, a fly. A fly will come and start buzzing around. That is a distraction from the enemy. I'm sure of it, a fly. You know, but I can be in perfect peace and along comes a fly. You know, just take something as tiny as that to distract me from what I'm supposed to be doing. For God's people, for us, for this land, for our city to see spiritual renewal, God's people must read the word. We must. It's not optional. It's not optional. This is the word of God spoken to you and I from the King of Kings, written down at the hand of over 40 authors. You know, 66 books in one, in one volume. It's tiny. I was listening to a man on, at a meeting on Friday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, and he's, he was saying that he now reads the Word. He made a commitment before the Lord that he would read the Scriptures through at least once a year. He is now reading it four times a year. And that man has the presence of God on his life that was unreal. I wanted to just sit at his feet and listen. You know, and he didn't tell us this to honor him. He told us this to encourage us to start doing the same, to read the word every day. So we read through from cover to cover in whatever order, but in, from cover to cover on a, on a yearly basis. I have never done that. Here I am up here. The Lord has given me a passage that talks about the importance of the scriptures. I have never read, not that I can remember anyway, scripture from cover to cover within one year. I've read the whole of scripture, but I've never read it within, you know, my reading of the word has not been consistent. If I want to see spiritual renewal in my life, I must spend time with my God in reading his word. So must you. For spiritual renewal, God's people must read his word. You know, in Psalm 119, that famous psalm that we all know about the law and the words of God, we're told nine times that it's in God's word that we will see revival come to our land. Nine times in one chapter. Okay, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, but nine times. We're told in Timothy... Focus on the scripture. Focus, sorry, focus on reading the scripture to the church, encouraging believers and teaching them. We all sung, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Brothers and sisters, you might be walking in the dark. Your word is a lamp unto my feet that I haven't turned on for three weeks. Your word is a light unto my path. No wonder I stubbed and broke my toe because I didn't turn it on. I haven't read it. I've got a really good friend, um, a really good friend. He's a brother to me, and he 
he delights in the scriptures. And I love it when he rings me and says, bro, I've just been reading this. And guess what? This says in the Bible here. And the Bible says here. You know? So exciting. If God's people want to see revival, spiritual renewal, then God's people must read his word. If we want to see spiritual renewal, we must reverently hear his word read. Sometimes it's really easy when the Bible passage is being read to just, oh yeah, I know the parable of the sower. I can, you know. Or I'm really familiar with that psalm. That's my favorite psalm. And we stop listening. If we want to see spiritual renewal in our church, in our land, we must listen to the word of God with reverence. And that word means with awe. Oh, it means with just, with absolute awe for who our God is and what his word says. When was the last time you soaked in the word of God? The people back there, you know, they asked Ezra, read the word, read the law, word of the law to us. They stood for six hours. They didn't have pews. We complained that these pews are too hard. We wanted to bring in the nice blue suit seats so they could be softer. But guess what? Nobody sits up here because you don't like sitting up the front, so you endure the pews because you don't want to sit up the front on the softer chairs. And the ministers put them up the front because they hoped that maybe people would prefer them. Let's get rid of our chairs. Let's stand for six hours. I know there's all sorts of health reasons. Why some people can't, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not dishonoring you or disrespecting you. But the people of Israel, the Israelites stood for six hours. How many times do we see after church in the, in, the, um, in the hall over there when we're having a cup of tea? You know, there occasionally I walk through and I hear it. Never on a Sunday when I've preached, but on other Sundays. Um, <laughs> man, he was long this morning. He, see, he. That gives you another hint. No. Nah. You know, man, he was long. Boy, the speaker spoke for a long time this morning. Six hours listening to the word be read and explained by those that were standing with Ezra. And then Ezra began to worship and pray. And the people lifted up their hands in worship and in prayer. And then they fell on their faces on the ground. And they worshipped. The worship of our God is not Something, I mean, I, I grew up in a beautiful church where we had some, uh, I mean, I, I absolutely love where I grew up in the church and, I, and the teaching that I got. But you could tell when we, our church would go along to an AOG meeting or something like that back in the, in the 70s or so. And, um, you know, the whole church would be there. There'd be crowds down at the AOG place. And, and um, our church would go along because there'd be a guest speaker or something. And everybody would be be standing there singing their praising songs like this, you know, or like this. And then you'd look down the rows and our church would be like this. Because we didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't clap. My dad called it a happy clappy church, you know. But worship of our God involves us body, soul, spirit, mind. Every part of us should be involved in the worship of our God. 
you imagine if we got so excited and so revived in, the, in our conversations and our reading of the word that we were dancing in the aisles. Yeah, okay, you can toss me out. It's okay. My, my house is just outside. But you know, clap your hands. Get excited. Realize that our God is the one true living God. Reignite your first love, your first passion for who our God is. Reignite and allow God to reignite your love and your hunger for Scripture. For spiritual renewal, God's people must reverently hear. What's that Scripture that talks something that says along the lines of, of how will they know if they do not hear? How will they hear if we do not share? It doesn't say it exactly like that. But, you know, we need to hear. Often I will actually read Scripture out loud to myself because it helps me remember when I'm hearing it as well as seeing it. We need to reverently hear the Word of God. Read it to your family. Read it to your grandchildren. Read it to your children. Read it to one another. We must reverently hear the word of God spoken out loud if we are going to see revival in our, in our land. For spiritual revival, for spiritual renewal, God's people must read his word. God's people must reverently hear his word read. We have become a very flippant, a very lighthearted, a very familiar people with our God. We don't judge by outward appearances. Our Lord does not look at our outward appearance. He looks at our hearts. But out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the heart, we live and we show and we are. And we present ourselves. It comes out of our hearts. If our hearts are not in awe of our God, if our hearts are not showing great respect to who our God is, it comes out. It's visible. You know, it's seen by those around us. If they're not seeing great respect and love for God in me, where will they see it? Where will folk know? How will they know? Where is your Bible? God's Word must be reverently heard in a way that shows respect, admiration, and awe. Oh, Father God, renew our awe at who you are. When those people gathered together and they went and they asked Ezra to read the word of the law to them for six hours, you know, it had been a thousand years since. One thousand years since the word of the law had been read. The times of Joshua. When we look at this, we see this is when the, word, the Israelites, sorry, this is when the Israelites began to be called the people of the law. The people of the word. This moment in time when they ask Israel to read the word to them, that was a defining moment. At that point, they became known throughout the land. Well, not exactly at that point, but that was the beginning of them becoming known throughout the land as the people of the word. What are we known for in our city? 
Oh, those crazy Christians up there that stand up and only protest against this and protest against that and don't like this and don't like that. Yeah, they have a cross outside, but it's okay. It's pretty harmless. What are we here for? In Israel, that is when the Israelites became known as the people of the word. And from there on, they were a mighty people of God. Because the hearing, the reading of the word, the, the reverence and the awe of who God is. I like writing letters. I love writing letters. I write letters to quite a few different people, especially young people. And I do it because especially in our time, you know, we get an email and it's flicked on or a text and it's flicked off and it's gone. But a lot of the young people that I write to, when they get a letter, you know, they're quite excited about getting this letter and they read it and they hold on to it. And often I get a letter back, not always, and that doesn't matter, but I get a letter back sometimes. And they, they're so excited about it. It becomes a treasure. You know, I've got a niece over in Australia who recently told me she's still got the letters I wrote to her when she was a toddler. She's in her late 20s. Do we place that kind of respect, that kind of excitement in the word of God that we've got in our hands? I spoke to a friend of mine from a church in Whangarei, and this friend, she's an elder in the church, and I'm not going to tell you which church, but I thought in talking and in conversation with her, I said, you know, what is it that you've been reading? What have you been reading in the Word? What have you been learning? What has God been showing you through Scripture? Her reply, oh no, we don't read the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We've got a minister at church on Sunday who tells us what the Bible says, and he teaches us, and he shows us, and he tells us. Brothers and sisters, if you're relying on the person that's standing up the front, be it me, be it be it anyone else on the preaching team, be it Lorne or Howard, you're in trouble. Spiritually, you're in trouble. When this person told me this, my heart wept, you know. We don't need to read the Bible. Our leader tells us, our preacher, our minister tells us what it says and explains it. Does that sound familiar? I mean, some of you who are right up on, on history and know all the dates, I, I don't. But it's not that long ago that people fought to get the Word of God. People gave their lives to get the Word of God written in a language that we could understand and read. They gave their lives that Scripture would come to us. But we don't need to read it. It doesn't mean much. For spiritual re renewal in my heart, I must read God's Word. I must reverently hear his word spoken. For spiritual renewal in my heart, for spiritual renewal in our town, in our church, in our city, in our land, God's word must be taught. When schools began, it was all done from the word of God. You know, children were taught to read using the word of God. It was foundational. It was possibly one of the only written books around are you teaching your children are you teaching your grandchildren do you talk about the word of God with those in your community 
do you share scriptures? Does, have you drowned yourself so thoroughly in the word of God that it just comes out? If you go up to Nafa and you soak in those beautiful pools, I don't know which direction is up, maybe it's that way. Thank you, Lorraine. If you go up to Nafa and you soak in those gorgeous pools, which I don't think, I don't remember, but anyway, you go up there and you soak in those pools. You know what happens when you come out? Yeah. Yeah. You don't smell so good. And guess what? Sometimes it takes a few days to get it out of your skin. You don't want to wear your good togs, you know, because it might, might never come out of them. Do you smell with an aroma, a fragrance of God? Have you soaked yourself so deeply in the presence of God, relaxed in Him, to let Him be the smell that comes out of you? Bjorn, my husband, used to eat garlic like crazy. I would come home and, oh man, the house would pong of garlic. oozed out of his pores, you know. You could see little garlic plants pop now. <laughs> God's word must be so entrenched in us, we must soak in it so much that we smell of God's word. You might not smell it with your nose, but people will pick it up in their spirit. You know. I knew on Wednesday night being in the presence of this man and watching and listening to him, I knew that he has a very vital and real relationship with God. Even before he spoke, when I first arrived at the property where he was, and, and just listened and watched him mingle and be around people, there was a presence of God about him. I want that in my life. But I want to just go, thank you, Lord, give me that in my life so I can be just like him. Nuh-uh. He got it through hours of studying, reading, being close to God. We have come to a place in New Zealand and in Christianity where we think, you know, if you've watched um, Aladdin, if you've ever watched Aladdin and he, he finds that little, little jug, teapot, and, and he gives it a polish and whoa, out pungs the genie, you know, and out comes the genie out of the little teapot. That's what we expect our God to be. That's how we're treating God. We want to rub the magic you know, a cloth on a magic jug. We want God to come out. We want him to grant us our three wishes. A, that, that you know, that I might be healthy. B, that I might, my family might know you. And, and C, Lord, make, renew my spirit so that I can be a real strong speaker in you. Uh-uh. God's already given us everything we need to be strong in him, to grow in him, to be close to him. If your heart hungers after God, spend time in his word. Chris needs to spend time in his word so that it flows from me. For spiritual renewal, God's people must read his word. For spiritual renewal, God's people must reverently hear his word. For spiritual renewal, God's word must be taught. We have some amazing teachers amongst our congregation. Some that stand up here and get to preach. I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm not a teacher. But... I have done a little bit, but not, no, I'm not a teacher. We have some amazing teachers in our, in our congregation. We need to listen when they teach us the word. But we need to pray for them. 
We need to cover them and soak them in prayer. Because brothers and sisters, our teachers get attacked in ways that you can't imagine. You know, we need to be praying for those that bring us and teach us the word. Because we do have an enemy and he is alive. And just as much as we have become a nation that does not give God the honor and respect that he deserves, we have stopped respecting that we do have an enemy. And we're not, we don't have to honor him. We don't have to stand in awe of him. But we do need to remember that he is real. And he is out to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. But our God has come that we might have life and we might have it in abundance. Bjorn must have said that verse every day for 20 years. That was his favorite verse. He spoke it every day. The thief comes to rob, steal, and destroy, kill and destroy. You have an enemy, and he does not want you getting close to God. He doesn't care if we come to church on Sunday. He doesn't even care if you just quickly read your Bible. He does not want you becoming on fire for God. He doesn't want people to be able to see the living God living in you. When that starts to happen, you'll discover our enemy is real. But you will also discover that our God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There is nothing that can snatch you from his hand. And if you will believe and trust him in that, and if you will hunger, if I will hunger after his word, if I will give him everything I've got and put it on the altar and say, yes, Lord, he will come alive in me and in you if you do the same, more than you can imagine. Spend time in his word. Listen to it being taught. But there's another one. For spiritual renewal, God's word must be obeyed. God's word must be obeyed. Must be read, must be heard, must be taught, must be obeyed. The song I used to teach kids, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, yep. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. When you read it in his word, when he quickens it to your heart, when you know that God is telling you to live, to act, to do something, be quick to obey. Be quick to obey. There was a little boy, he had a pet parrot. I may have told you this story before. A little boy I know, he had a pet parrot, and his parrot was Priscilla. She was stunning. You know, she was a Rosella, and he had taught her to talk. And and she used to say all sorts of things. Um, She could talk, and she could talk really well. But one of the things the boy had a problem with this little pet parrot of his is she used to bite people. And Priscilla would just, she'd bite people. And it was naughty. Priscilla was a naughty parrot. And so, you know, he was telling her, you have got to stop this. So he taught Priscilla and he said, I like people. I never bite people. I like people. I never bite people. And it wasn't very long because Priscilla was so intelligent, so clever, and so beautiful that she would sit on his finger and she would say, I like people. I never bite people. I like people. I never bite people. And, you know, the boy was so happy. 
He had finally taught Priscilla some good habits. I like people. I never bite people. And then the next day, along comes a friend of mum's to visit the family. And he comes on in, he knocks on the door. Mum welcomes him in. The little boy runs proudly out to meet him. Comes in, he's going to have a cup of tea and some, some hot scones with, with strawberry jam. And he comes in there and he's sitting at the table. And he hears in the other room, I like people. I never bite people. I like people. I never bite people. And he looks around and says, what's that? The boy is as proud and pleaded as punch. And he says, come meet my parrot. You've got to come see Priscilla. Takes him into the other room where Priscilla is sitting in the window. Probably, a, no, not a stained glass window, but sitting in the window looking out in the sun. I like people. I never bite people. And he gets Priscilla on his finger and he walks him over to the man. And the man's saying, what an amazing parrot. This parrot is beautiful. I love this parrot. How long have you had? And the boy's talking about it. And Priscilla says, I like people. I never bite people. The man leans in close to have a little look at her. And ouch! She bit him on the nose. The boy's mother was just, oh, so embarrassed. This was a new friend. And he, his nose was bleeding. The boy was just, oh. And Priscilla, I like people. I never bite people. We can learn the word of God as rote, and we can say the verses. But if it doesn't go in and change your heart, you're just like Priscilla. You're just like Priscilla. Where's your Bible? Is it in your heart? Is it in your heart? Is it in the shelf? Has it got dust on it? Or is it all weathered and written in? Where's your Bible? Or are you? I like the Bible. I read the Bible. For spiritual renewal, God's people must read his word. God's people must reverently hear his word explained. God's people must hear the word of God taught. And God's word must be obeyed. God's word must be obeyed. Where is your Bible? Where is your heart? Who is your God? Our God, our God is an awesome God. And his word, his word is worth your time, worth your energy, worth your love, worth obeying. Father God, take the words that I've said, the words that you've given me. Lord, I pray that you would throw away anything that's not from you and help us to remember the point, the one point that you want to speak to our hearts about. Father, I confess that I have trouble reading the word on a regular basis. Lord, forgive me. Forgive us. And help us to honor you and revere you as we ought. In Jesus' name, amen. His word in your heart and obey it. Amen.